Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Take, Lord, and receive all of my liberty. All I have and hold, Lord, you have given me. Good morning. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm. Today is October 13th, 2021. The music we have today is just a little bit different from what you're used to. Uh, This is a song that was written by the person that will be my guest in the second part of the program, Ben Walther. Uh, It's based on the Susupe of Ignatius of Loyola, uh, and it's called Take Me. And we'll have a pretty good discussion with Ben about his uh, songwriting, and uh, all of the other things that he's involved in his life uh, when we uh, start that second half of the program. Uh, I would like to welcome all of our listeners on Red Sea Radio, KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. Uh, if any time during this uh, program you would like to call to give us a comment or ask a question, that phone number is 85-LOVE-RED-SEA, 855-683-7332. Okay, so we'll, we'll do that, and let's start with our prayer to St. Joseph. And uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain from me all the knowledge and love of the sacred heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend me defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Just some uh, thoughts I had uh, about Joseph to share with you today. Uh, if Joseph had not obeyed the angel and taken Mary into his house, Mary probably would have been stoned to death and Jesus would never have been born. If Joseph had not obeyed the angel and taken Jesus and Mary to Egypt, Jesus probably would have been slain by Herod's soldiers in Bethlehem. If Joseph had not taken Jesus into his life, Jesus would not have seen an earthly mirror of his heavenly father. And finally, if Joseph had not educated Jesus in his faith, being a man and his trade, Jesus probably would not have been acceptable to the people of Nazareth and the surrounding areas. Okay, so let's look at our saint of the day. There's there's a big one but that I'm not going to mention. I'm going to mention— Is this uh, where you introduce me, Jane? Gene? No, that I forgot Dennis is here. I, I forgot to introduce You said saint Dennis. of the day. I thought you were calling my name. No, Dennis Maka may be a saint, <laughs> but he's not the saint of the day. New. No, and I've got one, one that's a little bit off the wall, perhaps, which I usually do, and this is St. Coleman of Stockerau. Uh And he is the patron saint of Austria, and how he got that way is a little bit— uh, unusual. Uh, he was an Irish or Scottish pilgrim. They don't really know where he came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was martyred in Austria while he was on his way to the Holy Land. 
Uh, they mistook him for a spy, so they tortured and hanged him. He edified everyone by his courage. His body remained intact. It was preserved. And there are many miracles were reported at his grave. And then the Austrians, uh, in all their wisdom, decided that Coleman was a holy man, put to death by mistake, and he became the patron saint of Austria. Now, it's not he, necessarily a martyr then. I don't think he's, he's not listed as a he's martyr. He's not listed as a martyr as far as I know. Okay. And he's got several other things. He's, he's a patron of several things that to me are rather unusual. Uh, he's a patron of hanged men. <laughs> the, the game or hanged men? Hanged men. Men no. that have been hung, hanged because that's the way he was killed. Well, there you go. He's also the patron of horned cattle, of horses. He's <laughs> Sorry. A, I know. I shouldn't be laughing at this. But, but it, it, I, I read it and I thought, this, this is, you know, I've never heard anything quite like this. The other thing, he's invoked against the plague. And he's also uh, a patron of women that are looking for husbands. Uh, he's also invoked against hanging and invoked against death, against gouth. He, was, he died in 1012. So females that attend the Texas University in Austin, this is a really good saint for you because if you're looking for a great husband, he's also the patron saint of horned cattle. <laughs> I guess so, Dennis. How are you doing today, Dennis? Uh, evidently, I'm doing fairly well since I'm kind of being... You're picking the uh, the hard words, sushi pay and stock, stockow? Stockerow. Stockerow. You're picking the hard words today, Gene. Well, and, and I've, I just use that sushi pay for all those people out there that really <laughs> like to hear the Latin. Sushi uh, pay. Uh, which really I like mean, that word. I give myself. And uh, when we when we talk with Ben, we'll see that uh, uh, one of the reasons I chose this this song not only that it, it's a I think it's a good one. Uh, it's probably as you as you listen, it's probably a, a good example of Christian praise and worship music. But it also is a, uh, I think, exemplifies Ben's life, and we'll hear a lot more about that as we go along. Uh, Dennis, what's going on with Red Sea Radio right now? Well, we are uh, in a busy time of year here. Uh, we've got some great things to announce, but you know what? We're not going to announce them for about a month until our benefit dinner. We've got some really cool things to unveil at our two benefit dinners. So I'll mention those briefly because I don't want this to be about, about Red Sea so much, but, uh, but thank you for asking. We have two benefit dinners coming up, both in our Waco area, as well as our Bryan College Station area, November 11th at the Brazos Center, just off Highway 6 on, in Briarcrest. We are going to be welcoming Adam Minahan and David Niles from the Catholic Man Show, and we're going to have a benefit dinner-themed Cheers to Joseph, since this is the year of St. Joseph, and we're going to have a rip-roar in good time with St. Joseph and learning about St. Joseph and with one another. Uh, beer, wine is always going to be available during our cocktail hour at 6, a, 6 p.m., not a.m. 6 a.m. Boy, that's going to be a long <laughs> cocktail hour. <laughs> oh, man. People would show up, too, Gene, yeah. let me tell you. And the door uh, open, doors open at 6 the festivities start at 7. And the uh, next day, for Central Texas listeners, including Palestine, you can pick, take your pick. You're about two hours from either way. We would love to see our, our listeners from Palestine there. 
you can go to the West Knights of Columbus Hall starting at 6 a.m. for our cocktail hour. <laughs> did I say it again? <laughs> yes, you did. I'm sleepy. <laughs> I must be sleepy. Uh, 6 p.m. Thank you, Gene. You're, you're my blooper, blooper reel here. And same guys are going to be there. Uh, different meal. We're going to have roast beef and some Americana meal there uh, with some, I think, new potatoes and such. And we're going to have an Italian meal to honor uh, our Italian heritage in St. Joseph. Uh, St. Josephites, I guess, here in town in the Brazos Valley. Uh, it's going to be great. We're going to have a really good time. And a lot of people just love to just kind of kick back and relax and enjoy a, a very fun fellowship food and uh, some frivolity, if we're going to go with the F theme, at our benefit dinner. And uh, 11th and 12th, that's uh, November 11th, Thursday, here in the Brazos Valley and the 12th. If you go to our website, redsearadio.org, you can click on the banner there with Adam and David and get a table or individual tickets. We're about 50% full right now. So that's really good numbers. So we're looking to, to hit capacity on both venues. Uh, for those who maybe don't know who these two guys are. Oh, the Catholic Man Show. And when is that on? Thursdays, 11 a.m. <laughs> every every uh, Thursday here on at Red Sea. We've had some surprising uh, results. Some people are saying it's their new favorite Red Sea Catholic radio show, and that's from a female listener. So, you uh, know, it's... Is, is she playing, praying to St. Coleman of Stockerout? I don't know. Maybe she is. We have to ask Carlene. So we uh, we love our listeners, and we love the feedback that we get, positive and negative, but we've been getting some really good feedback positively lately. So that's if good. you want to hear our surprise announcement, we might have a couple of surprise announcements to give to those that are at our benefit dinner. Also, one quick thing, if you are uh, aware of what Brazos Valley Gives is, we've been doing that now for the third year. Early giving is now available. Our nonprofit is one of 154 nonprofits that are participating this year in our community here of the Brazos Valley. And uh, we're excited to be a part of it. We have another $5,000 match from a very generous family. So we've matched about $250 of that so far but early giving is now available but Brazos Valley gives we'll be talking to you about that more on the breaks on the 19th which is in 6 days so it's very exciting times for us right now very busy it's not only the folks in Palestine that could go to one mm -hmm. of these dinners if there's somebody in the Bryan College Station area or somebody in the Waco area that are busy the particular night of their dinner they could right. come to the other site they could. They could. And if you want to support Red Sea Catholic Radio, a great time to do that, if you can't come to the benefit dinners, is through Brazos Valley Gives. Starting now through brazosvalleygives.org forward slash Red Sea, or if you go to our website, you can click on the banner. There's a rotating banner. So, okay. Yeah, a lot of ways to support our mission. And uh, our mission is all about supporting families and our church communities um, and so helping them reach out to the families. So it's quite an honor to do that. It is, isn't it? It I, is. It's and uh, Red Sea's been around for ah oh, gosh, the Apostolate's been around for a while, but we've been on the air for over eleven years here, Brazos it, Valley, and it's over six years in uh, in the Waco area, right at six. Well, as Kermit the Frog says, "Times fun when you're having flies." Oh man, that's that's cheesy. Yes, it is. But you you wouldn't expect anything less from Eugene. No. But uh, no, things are going very well. Thanks be to God. I, and the and the Catholic Man Show has been. 
going for many years, and it's just recently that it's come here. It's out of, at, out of Tulsa. I think it's been it a pod. Is. I don't remember those guys have a radio station they, there. They do. They have a low-power FM station there, and they have a podcast. It's available on Spotify, but so is ours through Red Ooh. Sea Roundup and through our Red Sea uh, Catholic Radio app. And that's Red-C Radio, K-E-D-C, or you could put K-Y-A-R in your app store, and you can get it uh, on your cell phone and listen anywhere, anytime. And that, that helps in those areas where you're in the fringe areas I've, for listening. I've listened to our station all the way to Brownsville, you know, driving down that, that hour, uh, six-hour drive before. So it's really nice to be able to hear local Catholic radio, Red Sea Catholic radio, anytime on your app. So what else you got for us, Gene? Well— I'm just curious what we've got going on uh, other than the benefit dinners. Is there some other things that are planned for Red well, Sea other there, than your announcements? There are, but some of that's going to be top secret. It's it's a proprietary, I guess, proprietary formula. Do I have so, to sign a non-disclosure agreement? No, you don't. I'll tell you later, Gene, but he's coming <laughs> to the benefit dinner. But we're, we're, we're very excited about reaching out and bringing families together. I'll give a little hint. It's all about bringing families together. And, and it's a it, it's a great new uh, initiative that we are taking on, uh, like like a horned cattle. As a matter of fact, we're grabbing the bull by the horns and we're we're running forward. Oh, so we got a good saint for the day. That's it has very, nothing to do with rodeo, though. Okay, well, maybe someday. I think it's very. We are in a time, a very difficult time, that uh, yeah. we we need to be very aware. Of, of what's going on around us. We need to be in the world, but not of it. And mm-hmm. there are so many things out there right now that are really attacking not only the family, but the mm-hmm. individual as well. And uh, we're very excited to be able to help shore up the family during this these critical times because, gosh, it, it, you know, it's not just the pandemic anymore. It's, it's uh, personal attacks on the family and, and people within the families that we have to help shore up and defend people that want to fight the good fight. And we have to let them know what the truth is and where to find the truth. Yep, indeed. So that would be in our Catholic faith. Thanks be to God. A lot of great things going on, but there's a lot of challenges going on that we need to pray for our leaders, for their conversion, our leaders that are corrupt both in the church and in the world. You know, Yes, they are. It happens. So it's something we have to be well well aware of and uh as we say oftentimes in our in our presentations, we first have to look at our own hearts and convert yes. our own hearts first so we can then go and... I can't really and, change anybody else. The only person I have any cha- hope of changing is me. And, you know, Gene, you're, you got, still have hope. Okay. We I, still have hope for you, Gene. Okay. We'll be back right <laughs> after the break, and uh, we will have Dan, Ben Walther with us when we get back. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. So tune in, folks, to Red Sea Roundup, and we hope to see you at the benefit dinners coming up and hear from you at Brazos Brazos Valley Gives coming up. God bless you all. Red Sea Roundup. I I give you control. Take this heart of mine. I give it to you to have and to hold. Enough, I cannot replace all that you've done for me. So close my eyes and I let go. I will not fear 
Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and I have with me now Ben Walther. Uh, ben, it is so good to have you. You're somebody that I knew a long time ago, probably from about the time you were born and then lost track of you about the time you went to college. And I'm so glad to, to reconnect with you. Gene, this is such a treat. It's it's a joy to be here. And I, I got excited when I saw your email. When was that? A few weeks ago? Yes. For the invite to the program. And um, what a treat. Well, it is for me, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, Ben, you're you're the uh, campus director of campus ministry at Walsh University. And Walsh University is a small Catholic university. Uh, why would a Catholic university need a director of campus ministry? Mm. Great question. Well, uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about the university. Walsh University was founded 60 years ago. We just celebrated our, our 60th birthday, and uh, we were founded by the Brothers of Christian Instruction, uh, who came from France. And they're not to be confused with the Christian Brothers, but their their mission, their charism and their mission and their goal, because they, they kind of took shape in the wake of the French Revolution, and uh, the, the call that God put on our founders' hearts was to establish schools and offer a great education in the Christian tradition to working-class families. And so six years later, Walsh continues that mission. We, we have a lot of uh, – we're very generous with our academic scholarships. We've got a lot of students here on athletic scholarships and others – academic scholarships and all kinds of research opportunities. But we, the mission, the mission that the church has to evangelize and to make disciples of all nations is alive everywhere, right? The need is everywhere. And we, uh, we've got a lot of students here who come from other countries, other parts of the world, students who have various like religious backgrounds. And we, we welcome people with open arms, but we also reserve the right to, introduce people to the story of Christ and, and the beauty and the goodness of the church. And um, so campus ministry, I'm very blessed. I've been here four years, and we really continue, we're here to continue the mission of the brothers. So we want to make sure that all of our students have heard the invitation to come and see, to come and meet him who makes all things new. Now, the, the, so, the, yeah. the brothers are no longer there, are they? That's right. So the brothers were with us for the last six decades, and, and just last summer, uh, really, and in, in just after COVID hit and we are all sent home, uh, the brothers withdrew their sponsorship of the university last summer in 2020. So a difficult time for us, but also a time for us to remember their legacy and, and to make sure that their mission is carried forward into our future. Now, as a Catholic university, you said they're not all Catholic students, and you provided me with some st statistics uh, when we first talked that were mm -hmm. pretty amazing to me about the number of Catholics, uh, say, in 2011 and now, ten, just 10 years later, who uh, profess to be believers mm -hmm. and practicing Catholics. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, some, some research statistics we've seen over the last decade or so, uh, which is interesting because we've been featured on the Newman Guide for choosing a Catholic university um, for maybe the last eight or nine years or so. But in that time, yeah, Gene, you're right, we've, we've seen a drop in the number of students who identify as 
practicing Catholic, so I'm sure maybe some of your listeners are familiar with, you know, the rise of the nuns, people who just don't really identify as any particular religious affiliation. So we have seen a rise of that. And I, I when we when we talk to our students, when we're sitting in the dining hall, when we, my staff and I, we do some walks around uh, the residential areas and we knock on doors and we're just meeting students and trying to trying to just see who's out there, just trying to make sure we've met everybody. And what we've seen is that although, yes, there has been a drop in the number of students who identify as Catholic, um, two things I'd say about that. One is those, those who we do have are very committed to living and practicing the Catholic faith. So you see them at Mass on Sundays. You see them going to confession. You see them in the Adoration Chapel throughout the week. And two, we've got a lot of students who... Uh, who grew up Catholic, you know, they were baptized, they maybe they went to Catholic school, they went to church growing up, but they've, you know, in some greater or lesser ways, kind of fallen away from their faith. So we see that as a big, that's a, that's a big uh, part of our mission here in campus ministry is to re-engage those. My associate chaplain here likes to say, we're looking for people who are one confession away from being back in the saddle, you know? Mm-hmm of having an experience of God's grace and, and really being a practicing, committed Christian again. And looking at the Walsh uh, website, which is walsh.edu, I see you have a number of things uh, that are your ministry, ongoing ministry programs, Agape Retreat, mm-hmm. Ignite, Agape Latte, Fiat, the Brotherhood. Uh, yeah. Are those are those being, I mean, those must really be effective in uh in bringing that life back to folks who maybe are marginal Catholics? We sure hope so. In fact, you're catching us at a good time because this weekend is our annual fall retreat, and we've got 75 students signed up right now. I'm sure we'll get a few more. We're hoping for 100, but uh, 75 students, you know, and these guys are coming from, they've had a busy semester, obviously, with the, the chaos of the pandemic and all just the anxiety that, we see on college campuses and workplaces around the world. We're just hoping for a weekend that we can mentor mentor them and, and minister to them. And yeah, we have a very healthy retreat program. We've got our, our like I said, our fall retreat is, is called Agape this weekend. And in a nutshell, we hope we hope to provide our students with a, a deep experience of God and, and God's love for them. About a month later we'll have our men's camping Weekend, we'll go out, uh, we'll talk about what it means to be a man of God, a man of faith, a man of virtue, and uh, we'll shoot some guns and cook some food and camp in tents. That's going to be great. Um, on a weekly basis, we have our, our Wednesday nights are, are kind of a big push on a weekly basis. So we thought, man, if our students are going to Mass on Sundays, about midway through the week, we need something just to lift their spirits, something to you know, to minister to them. So that's Ignite on Wednesday nights. We start with some teaching or Bible study. We dive into a holy hour with praise and worship and silence, and then we usually end with night prayer and food. We love to eat. Oh, yes. Yes. That's true. <laughs> Don't we all? We sure do. And our, our community is awesome. Our students always inspire me. Um, many of them come. Their faith is strong. You know, they're they're looking around at these other places they could go, and they want they want a place where they can really begin to exercise their faith as adults, where they can begin to use the gifts that God's given them in mission, 
you know, in, in the service of his kingdom. Now, do you and have mission? plenty tri- of opportunity here. You do know? you have mission trips also, Ben? We do. We do. We, we traditionally have a spring break mission trip. We've taken students to Appalachia to work with a Catholic organization there. And so, you know, they'll, they'll work on homes. They'll visit with homebound people. They just kind of get to know, get to know the Appalachian experience. And uh, we also, it, we have in the past, for the past maybe 10 years or so, offered a trip in early May. So as soon as our, as soon as the spring semester ends, we'll take uh, a couple vans of students over to Alfred, Maine, which is where the brothers who founded our university, many of the brothers who spent time here as educators or administrators, they've retired in Alfred, Maine. And it's kind of a nursing home for some of those elderly brothers. And so we would go and visit with them and uh, help to clean up their grounds. So really kind of another mission trip there. And we're hoping to add to that. We'd love to, we're looking at other places like Franciscan University and some of our other um, allies in the Catholic higher education world, seeing what they're doing as far as mission trips. So we're hoping to add to that as well. But we've also got, we've, we've got student scholars who do some travelings. In fact, some students of ours went down to the Texas uh, Mexico border this past summer, and and they were kind of on mission there. It's kind of an educational mission, so mm-hmm. they're really there to learn if, if, about some of those things. There, if if a student or a parent is thinking about where to send, where to go to college, mm-hmm. why would somebody choose Walsh? It's small, and it's in mm-hmm. and and th- those of us that don't like winters, it's there's you get <laughs> you get winter there, but you can ski here, Gene. <laughs> you can. You can you can ski. We have the four seasons. It's 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 really, you know. I think that's a great question. When I I, I grew up in Dallas, and I grew up with for your listeners with Jean's daughter was one of my best friends from like diapers age. We went to preschool and kindergarten together, and all the way up through eighth grade. Really, really a good friend. Um, and then I came I came up to Ohio for school, and I fell in love with the seasons. You know, growing up in Texas, we don't, I don't know if y'all do this anymore, but I don't remember learning that people lived north of, I don't know, Oklahoma. I think it was all considered Canada at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, why Walsh? Well, we, as I said before, we are one of maybe, maybe 25 Catholic University campuses featured on the Newman Guide. And the Newman Guide is is one of a, a couple of benchmarks I know for families who are really discerning. You know, where where do I want to where do I want to send my eighteen year old for the next four years um, to make sure that he or she gets good formation and has community and you know has accessibility to the sacraments and a lot of those things are things that the Newman Guide looks for. You know, we have mass we have mass on campus every day. We have confession available every day before Mass. Um, Mass offered twice on Sundays. And when I came here in fall of 2017, one of the first things I would have begun to pioneer would would be to bring uh, availability of of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament to our students and and to our campus, really. And... uh, I have just watched the last four years as really our students have championed this effort to um, to just provide more opportunities for Eucharistic adoration. So when I started, we had adoration um, every day 
before mass for about 30 minutes before mass every day and that's beautiful but our students said man if that's if that's really jesus we want to spend more time with him and uh so so now we have eucharistic adoration offered every day monday through friday for hours and hours and and on wednesday nights there's an all-night vigil and it's been super cool gene to see this this all this is all student run you know they've 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 just organized this effort. They make sure that there's two people at every hour. And it's a very, at this point, it's a very well-oiled machine. And very slowly, we're moving toward perpetual adoration. And I've seen how that in and of itself has changed, like, the level of devotion, the deepness of faith, you know, the, the deep commitment to discipleship. Our students are on their knees at any hour of the day, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, praying that they could be more devoted to Him, you know? Mm-hmm. So the students that I get to work with are just are just amazing. And besides all of this, you get a good education when you go to school there. You get a great education. You get a great education. We have some really standout programs. Our nursing our nursing program here at Walsh University has, na- has recently been named one of the state's top five. Very, very, um, very competitive, very rigorous. When you graduate from Walsh with a nursing degree, you will land a job. Uh, we're very well known here in the in the region for that. Also, our, our MBA program is is nationally ranked. It's it can be done completely online. Um, our physical therapy and occupational therapy programs are awesome. In fact, we've recently signed a, um, what's it called, an agreement with Franciscan University for a partnership there. So now we'll have some Franciscan University students coming up here for their for our PT and OT programs, which are just top-notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so listeners, this is Gene Wilhelm. You're listening to Red Sea Roundup, my Guest today is Ben Walther, who is the Director of Campus Ministry at Walsh University. If you have a comment or I have a question for Ben, I ask that you uh, call us at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. Now, Ben, you're at Walsh. You've been there for four years, but that's You've had a journey there. I mean, uh, that yes, that uh, take me as as Saint Ignatius of Susipe, or mm. and mm-hmm. it sounds to me as though this thus far in your life, you've kind of you've not only prayed that prayer, you've tried to live that prayer. So why don't you give take oh, us yeah. a little bit on your journey as to how Great. you got to Walsh? Great, thank you for that opportunity. So, um. Yeah, I grew up in I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and I went to Catholic school. And I found myself at St. Michael High School in Oak Cliff, uh, in Dallas. And it was a tiny, very tiny high school. When I was there, fifty-two kids in the whole school. Most of our teachers were most of them um, were young Franciscan University alums, and they they must have been willing to live on next to nothing to to just serve and teach and mentor us all at this school. So, um, I found myself signed up for a youth conference, a youth retreat up at Franciscan university. It was my first time venturing up North, um, went to this youth conference. I was there because there was this pretty girl in our youth group who was going. And I felt that, that, that the Lord was calling me to go as well. <laughs> so that's what got me. <laughs> it sounds like a typical young man's reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing abnormal there. 
But God did something that weekend, and I, I couldn't tell you a syllable of what anybody said, but God really moved in my heart. In fact, on, on the drive home from that conference, I remember um, just feeling like I needed to change I needed to transfer schools. I needed to change. God was just beginning to kind of get a hold of me and, and move me in a new direction. So I transferred schools. I, I, I transferred to St. Michael High School, which is no longer in existence. Um, and then I knew, I just knew that when, when my senior year rolled around, that God was calling me to go and, and study and be formed at Franciscan University. So I find myself on campus in Steubenville, I, I had had at that point a lot of experience with, I was in a couple of cover bands. I was in a band in high school called Sons of Santa. And we were into the really hard rock stuff, Metallica, Alice in Chains. Um, we played a lot of shows and birthday parties and talent shows and all that. So music was like in, in me. But at this, t- at this point, I'm 18. Now I'm a freshman on campus at Franciscan and the Lord began to really change the direction of, of like that gift and that passion in my life. And he's like, well, what if you, lo- what if you use that gift for the church and for my glory instead of your own? What would that look like? So pretty quick, I got involved in music ministry on campus. I was playing for liturgies on campus on the weekends, on Sundays. And I also got involved in a worship ministry called the Festival of Praise. And that's a once a month um, just night of teaching and, and praise and worship. And so I, I got involved in that. I was involved in that for the next three and a half years. And that's where I wrote my first songs. I, I remember uh, writing my first couple of songs of, of worship, of praise, and, and introducing those on these Saturday night festivals of praise. And just like the joy and the energy of hearing, I mean, the chapel was packed. I would say seven, 800 of my of my peers, my friends, my classmates. So I knew that God had a purpose for me. And when I graduated, I, I got involved in uh, youth ministry. I, my, I, married, I met and married my wife. She was a Cleveland girl. Um, we literally looked at a map and said, well, what's, what's equidistant between Dallas, Texas, and Cleveland, Ohio? St. Louis, Missouri. There it is. So I landed. we landed in St. Louis. We were involved in parish youth ministry for a couple of years, and then we moved down to Sugarland, Texas. This is a southwest suburb of Houston, and we were there for 10 years, and in that time, I just had, uh, there was a lot of restlessness. Um, I worked for a couple of different parishes. I worked for a, a different uh, high school when I was there, um, but a whole, but the whole time, there was this music, and I, I was beginning to travel, and I would travel to I travel on the weekends to different dioceses, uh, different diocesan events for youth and young adult ministry. I traveled to college campuses. Um, I was very involved in Life Teen at the time. So I was traveling, doing a lot of traveling, doing a lot of ministry events and speaking about the faith and leading worship for this or that. But I was always very restless with it. The Spirit put, made your heart restless because you weren't, were, weren't where God really wanted you to be. I think so. Now, let's just, so, take, let's just take a break here, Ben. Yeah. You, you, you talk about God putting it on your heart. Uh, a lot yeah. of people don't understand what that means. How did God speak mm. to you? I mean, other than the restlessness, obviously you must have had a regular prayer time, but you didn't hear a big did. booming voice say, Ben, Walter, I want you to go to Walsh University or, any, or right. do this, that, or the other thing. Did you? Mm. That Man, that's a great question. Um, 
I found in my life, and I, I, I think this is somewhat universally true, but in my experience, God tends to speak to me through desire. And the caveat there is, like you said, you know, if we just leave, if, if I leave myself to my own desires and my own whims, then there's no telling where I'll end up. So I have to be praying. I have to be praying. I have to be listening, reading the scripture, getting spiritual direction, going to the sacraments, you know, spending time in adoration. But with that, um, God has spoke to me through desire. So yeah, here's a great example of that. When we were, we were living in Texas, we'd been there 10 years. I was very comfortable. Our family was growing. My ministry was growing. I had my, my best friends in the world were there. I was, I was working with them. I was ministering with them. And my wife began to say, well, I think I want to start to pray about what would it look like if we moved up north and we settle in Ohio and we live close to my family? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. None of us have winter coats. What are we going to do? You know, at the, at the time, I was completely self-employed. So uh, the thought was, well, we could do this. You know, my, my wife, my kids can have family. My wife can have family close by when I'm traveling. But here's how it worked for us. We came up here. We drove up. It was Christmas. And we drove up to visit my uh, brother and sister-in-law and my, and my wife's parents and just to kind of get the feel for the area. And we went to church. It was Christmas Eve, 2012. Um, went to St. Paul's here in North Canton. That's, that's the parish that we now belong to. And uh, the Holy Spirit moved me so profoundly. I, up to this point, I was pretty resistant to the idea of making this move up here. I wanted to stay in Texas, and I'll spare you the details. Um, but on the drive home, I said, babe, I, I, I think the Lord like moved, and I think the Lord spoke to me. And I'm just drawn to this parish. I think we found our parish. I think we have found our community. I think we can do this. And um, that was a new thing for me. But I, I attribute that to the, move, the movements and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I think the Lord, uh, yeah, on the drive home, I remember the conversation we had. Well, you know, it sounds like the whole situation, the situation that you had of making excuses reminds me of uh, in Jeremiah, the first (laughs) chapter of Jeremiah, where God tells Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I I called you and consecrated you to be a prophet to the nations. Mm -hmm. And what's the first thing out of Jeremiah's mouth? I can't do that. I'm a kid. Yeah. And, you know, God spoke back to him. Don't make excuses. That's well, right. I don't know the exact scripture, but he's basically, don't yeah. make excuses, Jeremiah. I've called you. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I think. But it took. But the it took confirmation you... for us was clear. Yeah, there was peace there. You know, there was peace and a sense of excitement that God was really at the heart of this, and He was He was going to relocate our family. And then I had a lot of fear about it. Um, I can imagine I didn't know what we were going to do. I didn't know where we were going to live. I didn't know what, you know, relocating to a new part of the country where, like, I, my ministry, my music, my whatever, I wasn't well-known. I was, to a degree, in Texas and in, in the Southwest. Um, but moving to a whole new part of the country means, man, stepping out in faith and how are we going to, how's God going to put food on the table for my growing family? And your family was really growing at this time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we had four 
we had four daughters. I think maybe my son, uh, Benjamin, who's our first boy, I think he was very young. And with that crew in tow, we made the decision to move up, and it was super difficult to talk to our friends. And, I mean, we thought that we might stay in Houston and grow old together. But um, I took a lot of solace in the words of Scripture. I mean, this is it's very scriptural when God often calls people from one place to another to to initiate a new phase of their journey with Him. Okay, and so uh, this was 2012. You didn't go to Walsh till 2017. What happened in the interim, Ben? Yeah, we moved. We moved up uh, to Northeast Ohio in May of 2013. We moved in with my brother and sister-in-law. We lived in their basement for seven months. Uh, that was a wild, crazy time. They have a big old family. We've got a big family. And um, a, lot of, a lot of cousin a, time. A, oh, yeah. Lots of cousin time. And then I took a, a teaching position at, at St. Paul's School. So I was there for three years teaching middle school. And that was a great joy. I got to teach my oldest two daughters, spend a lot of time in the classroom there. Um, I felt, Lord, like I, I just focused on, well, teach them to pray. Teach them how they can seek me. You know, the Lord says in Jeremiah 29, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And that's yes. a promise of his. And so I, I wanted to just encourage my students that, look, God, God is real. God created you and he cares for you. And he's calling to you. And if you respond to that call, you can find him. And some of them did. In fact, a couple of them ended up here at Walsh, where I work now. So I was teaching... Uh, for three years, and then I um, was invited by Oregon Catholic Press. That's my music publisher. It's a large liturgical music publishing company. So they they invited me to to write a few songs and record an album. And so I did that in 2016. And with that, uh, that's a blaze. With the release of that album, I just felt like I need to give this some more time. I need to I need to give writing more time and traveling more time and just leading leading people in worship more time. So I, I resigned my post at the school. I left for a year. I was self-employed for a year. I traveled and did retreats again, uh, traveled to other dioceses around the country. And at the end of that year is when an opportunity opened up here at Walsh University. Um, and, you know, even, even with that, the Lord had put a seed. Like we, Part of the impetus for us moving here was my wife and I, we were looking at the kids, we're thinking, man, in a few years, these guys are going to be in college. We should begin to, to pivot ourselves and get in a place where we could be closer to Franciscan University. Honestly, we, I, I was thinking that maybe I'd end up there, living there, working there. I had some household brothers that that's, uh, had gone back to campus, and they, they work for the university. And so that was kind of what we were thinking. But as we settled here in North Canton, we're like, gosh, what is this Walsh place? I'd never heard of it. I didn't know it. And as I drove around campus and I got to know some of uh, the amazing people that, that live and work here, I was really drawn to this place. So an opening popped up in uh, 2017 in the summer, and I, I felt the Lord pointing his finger at me. He's like, now it's, I want you to at least put your name in the hat, you know, put your resume out there and see where this goes. So you, you did what you thought God was telling you to do, and you let God do the rest. That's right. And it's been a huge blessing. Oh my gosh. To be here, to be grounded, to be rooted. Um, 
you know, to have a sense of like stability and, and, uh, digging roots, you know, investing oneself in a community. That's something when you're living, when you're living a life out on the road and I did that, I've done it for several years. That's what you miss. You miss the opportunity to invest, invest yourself in others that are going to see you tomorrow. You know, if you wake up tomorrow and you feel tired and you're sick and you got nothing great to say, well, the, your community is going to be with you. They're going to be around you. And just to be here day in and day out and, and to work with my students and to be here on the weekends uh, at our parish, it's been such a tremendous joy and a blessing. And I, and I felt like I've been able to grow a lot in that as well. You know, part of, part of my, um, Part of my responsibilities here is is to get uh, to work toward my master's degree. So I've been chipping away at the master's degree in theology, and I'm nearing the end of that. That's been so formative for me. I'm hoping to have the thesis all written, everything done in, in the spring, and I'll graduate with that master's degree. And and that's going to be a challenge at your house because your house is oh, even boy. fuller than when you moved there. You just had, what, your that's seventh right. child? We did. My wife and I just welcomed our seventh, little Cora. She's three months old, three and a half months old right about now. And uh, we got a big, busy, bustling household, but it's it's just awesome. And we live a mile from campus. And you, your eldest, I believe, you got that wish that, that some of your children would go to Walsh, correct? That's right. That's right. My oldest is um, 19, and she's a sophomore here at the university. She's studying communications and professional writing. And who knows who knows where she'll go with that? She's listening to the Lord in that regard, but she spent her last summer at Catholic Youth Summer Camp as a missionary and a summer staffer. So Catholic Youth Summer Camp is, um, uh, for our region, you know, here in the Midwest, just one of the most amazing um, centers of formation and missionary activity and, and just prayer and worship and and mission that we have up here. They They host thousands of kids and, and high school students in the summer. And so she'd, she'd been thinking since she was young that she'd love to be a Catholic summer camp missionary at some point. So she did that. So it's so cool to see the faith just growing and and really taking root in her life here. And she's got an amazing community around here, here on campus, the best friend she's ever had. Well, get Ben... Uh, I'm going to take just a break to remind everybody that my guest today is Ben Walther, who's the director of campus ministry at Walsh University. And uh, I've known Ben for eons, and I know his his parents, his his (laughs) maternal grandparents, and worked with his father. Uh, But I want to just remind our listeners who are on KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, K-Y-A-R 98.3 in Central Texas and K-I-N-F 107.9 in Palestine. If you've got a question or a comment, give us a call at 85-LOVE-REV-C. That's 855-683-7332. And uh, Ben, uh, when I was doing a little research for this, it appears that your students last year uh, – had a pretty good idea that you were doing a good job of what you're doing because you were given the Terrace, Terrence Portis Mentor of the Year Award. What What mm-hmm. is that award? And and, and it, there's some pretty kind comments on the, the 
the uh, Walsh University website about what the students had to say about you. Oh, I didn't even know there was a comment section. That's pretty cool. Yes. I'll have to wait for a, a bleak day and just go and look that up. <laughs> well, from what it sounds like, there are not many days that you have time to do that. I'm amazed you had time to talk to me today. Yeah, it's, it's busy, but this has been a joy. That, that was a great honor last year. I mean, last year was a difficult year for everybody, uh, but we got to the spring, and I was notified that, that that's an award uh, that's given um, – by nomination by the senior class. So at the end of every academic year, the senior class nominates a, um, a mentor of the year and an educator of the year. And there's, there's various other awards as well, just to kind of celebrate um, the achievements and the presence, you know, that they, it's, it's a chance for them to acknowledge their mentors. And so that's really what it is. I, as I said, man, it's such a joy to be here uh, to work with this, with this population and these guys are, are asking great questions and they're seeking the Lord and they're, they want to know how to discern and how to do God's will. And it's just a great joy to be here. So last year they nominated me as the mentor of the year. And, um, man, after the year we had, um, to be, to be acknowledged in that way, it was very unexpected. Um, very unexpected, very much a surprise, but very much a joy to receive that from our freshman class and our freshman class. I'm, I'm sorry, our senior class. Um, everybody chipped in and worked way harder than we had ever worked before just to face the pandemic, to make sure that we were providing high quality ministry to our students that were there for them, that were accessible to them, that were challenging them to grow and um, I guess, I guess it, it bore some fruit. So, you know, to me, that, that award was a great honor, very humbling. Um, and to me, it says more about our senior class, you know, uh, what, their, what their needs are, what they're looking for in terms of, of mentors and educators. And so it's a very, it's a very high standard, I hope, to I hope to live up to that standard year after year and really just give above and beyond. Our, our mission here at the university is, is to form um, student leaders in service to others. We hope that all of our graduates, by the time they walk across that stage, you know, yes, it's a diploma, but we hope that in, interiorly they know who they are, they know what their gifts are, and they know how they're able to offer themselves to their community and those with whom they'll be working and serving. And so I just try to live up to that standard day after day. But it's a tall task, isn't it? It is. Now let's talk about one of your gifts. Uh, let's go back a little bit to your music. You said that Oregon Catholic Press contacted you. How in the world did they find out about you, and what did they ask you to do? Well, I had been – so this would go back to – See, my first, my first album I released, I think it was 2005. And I had the sense that God, you know, that God was calling me to use those musical gifts um, to get out there. I, I, I was doing a lot of work with high school youth, with middle school youth, college campuses. And so I just had a heart since high school to write songs that spoke of our faith and our relationship with God and what he was calling us to do and be in the world. So I had been writing songs and submitting them 
for publication with OCP, Oregon Catholic Press, probably beginning in 2005, 2006. And for a couple of years, it was like, well, these are, these are good, but keep writing. You know, we're looking for something a little different. And, um, and actually, funny enough, Take Me, the song that you picked, was the very first song that they, that they accepted for publication. So that was a super exciting time. They wrote back and said, we see this, we heard this, we, we reviewed this. Our, our review team you know, went over this song, we listened to it, and uh, we want to publish this song. And so that means, you know, we'll put, we'll, we'll put it, we'll promote it in, um, in various hymnals and publications that we do. We'll promote it to parishes around the country. And so I said, yes, please, let's, let's start this partnership. So that, that was probably 2007. Um, then within the next year, I, I, I continued writing a lot and, um, I want to say it was like 2010 or so that, no, it was 2008. Sorry, it was 2008 that um, they got hold of a few more songs that I had written and they said, well, we, we'd love to publish these too. Let's put these together and we'll, we'll make an album of these songs. And so that was, um, that was my second album called Everything Can Change. And that's where Take Me was featured on that album. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting album. I've listened to several cuts on that, and uh, it, it, it's a great album. Your, your songs, your music, then uh, for the most part, seems to me like it's a lot of it is Catholic praise and worship music. Is that uh, a fair? Yeah, that's, yeah that's exactly it. it where it's, it's, it's uh, a lot of times we hear the Protestant praise and worship music, but we don't hear a lot of Catholic praise and worship, worship right. music. Right. There's, there's still a, a void there. There's a need there. I mean, and, and that arena, we typically take our cues from, from the Protestant world. And I think, um, well, I think there's a lot of old art that needs to be exhumed and reintroduced to the Catholic community. And I think there's probably room for new art as well that's consistent with our rich Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. you know, in, in and out of the liturgy. So I think one of the things I've become more mindful of in the last few years is just that, you know, uh, grew up in a charismatic community. I, I'm a worship leader. I play guitar. I lead worship for different events. I lead worship in the summer times for some Franciscan university youth conferences. And that's, that's still a great joy. But one of the, one of the things that we're missing is uh, well, what did Catholic worship look like a few decades ago? What did it look like a century ago? What was it like? What if we what if we lost that we can recover? That's beautiful. That is transcendent. You know that that helps to transport us to another dimension where we can have an encounter of God. And so that's kind of something I'm keeping in mind now as I write songs, especially for liturgy. <clears throat> um, but yeah, what what is Catholic worship? What should it look like? And I think that it should it should have those things in mind. Now, if somebody wanted to see you, you're on YouTube. So do they just put in Ben Walther on YouTube to see some of the things you've done? And and I've seen several things where you were interviewed, and I can't remember the name of the the podcast that you were interviewed and, and introduced some of your songs. Was that from Oregon mm-hmm. Catholic Play? Catholic Press? Yeah, that's through Oregon Catholic Press. They have a, a series called The Commons. 
and so they'll they'll interview an artist and and get you to perform the song and so that's kind of a way they can get some some video content out there too but they they use the commons to introduce new songs and so i've got a i got a bunch of those i don't have a lot of my own video content i don't have a lot of like lyric videos you know things like that but yeah if you just get on youtube and you and you google my name I have four albums out there. The last two or three of them were published with Oregon Catholic Press. You could find those on OCP.org. And, and, and I have music on, on iTunes and Amazon and all those different places where you can find music. Okay, too. we got about a minute left, so I hate to cut you off. Okay. So if somebody wants to contact you, the best way to do that is go to the Walsh.edu website, and you will, they, can, they can look for you there and get your email address or whatever. Yes, and, sir. And, and in 30 seconds or less less what's the last word you got 30 seconds or less Mm. 30 seconds or less you know the very best thing you could do if you're listening to this uh, radio show i'm sure you hear this all the time but the very best thing you could do would be learn how to pray and pray deeply learn how to to read the scriptures get a spiritual director um, immerse yourself in the sacramental life of the church and the lord will speak to you and he will lead you in ways that you can barely imagine. Thank you, God Ben Walter, you. for being my guest today. It's been such a pleasure for me, and I, I hope that sometime we'll be able to meet each other in person again. And I I'll tell all of our listeners, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. So take me. Oh.